my advice is to embrace the controversy and allow for God to grow you, allow for yourself to change and to become a leader. And because if not you, then who? If not now, then when? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. For those of you who have tuned into the Pro-Life Guys podcast before, you know what we're about. We want to share with you apologetic tools and methods and tactics that you can use on the streets in your conversation conversations about abortion. And it doesn't have to be on the streets. It could be with colleagues. It could be with people uh, who you study with. But we want to share with you uh, effective and winsome ways how to have conversations. So if you haven't checked out the Pro-Life Guys podcast, go check it out. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite content. But today we have a special guest. For those of you who have listened to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, you know what we like to do. We like to highlight some of the pro-life uh, leaders and, and activists around Canada, which is where we're from, but also the United States and around the world. We want to highlight the unsung heroes in the pro-life movement, those who are defending the defenseless, being a voice for those who have no voice themselves and who are doing the difficult thing on street corners, in their classrooms, on university campuses, in the workplace of talking about this most controversial issue, but this most pressing issue. There's a, a, a deep necessity for us to talk about abortion, to raise awareness about this great injustice. And so today I have a guest on. She is from the University of Texas, San Antonio. Her name is Melanie Salazar. And uh, and this is our conversation. Melanie, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Now, as we kick things off, I'd love to get into your journey into the pro-life movement, some of the things that you've done. But before we get there, could you share with us a little bit about who you are? Who is Melanie? You know, what are your interests? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So a first thing would be that I love to travel, love to see more of God's creation. I have a dog named Manolo, so I love to bring him with me on my adventures. I have a boyfriend uh, going on two and a half years, Jerry. Shout out to Jerry. Love you, Jer. Uh, he's amazing. We've been discerning the vocation of marriage, so we'll see what God has in store for us. And I love horror movies. A Quiet Place 2 just came out, finally. Finally, so finally got to watch that awesome movie. Uh, I'm obsessed with The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette. Katie's season's coming up, so you know I'll be watching every Monday night. And I also love to dance, so I really uh, love Spanish dancing, like bachata. Love to go out to dance. When I was younger, I was a ballerina. So whenever I get the time to go out and shake a tail feather, I take that opportunity. So that's some of what, of what I love to do. Oh, I've also picked up roller skating. 
So now that's a skill I've been learning ever since the COVID. <laughs> so I'm not a novice anymore. I'm uh, in between roller skaters. So that's me. That is awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just want to say, actually, it was your boyfriend that uh, reached out to us and said, oh, you should have Melanie on. Oh, my uh, god! Because she has some cool <laughs> stories. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew that, but you do now. No, I did um, not. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's always hyping me up. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Th he's the reason we're here right now. So I'm super thankful about that. Now, you are a pro-life activist you've done pro-life work i'm just wondering can you share with us a little bit about your journey into the pro-life movement what was it that convicted you perhaps to become pro-life but not not only that but to get involved in the movement to become active and to be a voice for those who have none yes so i believe when i was a young teenager probably about 14 i was personally pro-life, as in I wouldn't personally get an abortion. And it wasn't until um, late teens, early 20s, when I started really going on a faith journey. I'm born and raised Catholic, and I really started questioning, why do I believe the things I do as a Catholic Christian? And in that journey of kind of rediscovering what I believe and why I believe it, I learned the truth about abortion. And I learned that through uh, listening to the radio. I listened to Catholic Answers. I listened to Trent Horn. And he really taught me about what abortion is, how it ends a human life, and how it hurts women. And so I went from being personally pro-life to 100% pro-life. And when I got to university and learned that there was a pro-life group on campus, I thought, sign me up. This is the club for me. And little did I know, it was a dying club. Nobody knew that there was a pro-life culture on campus. And so I soon was asked to step up as president and I refounded the club. At the time, I didn't feel ready. I was always the type of person to just show up, pay my dues, <laughs> be a member, but never a leader. So I gave God my yes and he has continued to open up doors and opportunities for me since stepping up into the pro-life movement. I got opportunities to um, canvas and advocate for voters to vote pro-life first this past presidential election. I got to live in D.C. throughout the time of uh, Amy Barrett's nomination and confirmation to the Supreme Court. And now I'm currently interning for Students for Life as a Texas regional intern. So now I get to work with the student groups and empower them, equip them to be those leaders on their campus and in their communities. So it's kind of my pro-life timeline of where I am now. Yeah, that's that's wonderful to hear. And I, 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 I you know, I thank you for giving God your yes in that. I, it, it is difficult. It is a difficult thing to be a pro-life person on a secular university campus, on a university campus uh, like so many campuses across the nation, where p the status quo is kind of that abortion is okay, and anyone who challenges that. Uh, is some sort of bigot uh, and, uh, you know, not to be trusted in any way. So thank you so much for doing that, for stepping up and uh, and taking control of that club and then 
yeah, doing the projects that you were doing. Now, could you share with us a little bit more about the the vision of the club and what some of the, the other um, projects were that you were doing? And then maybe share a story or two of some of the experiences that you've had, you know, during the time that you've run the club with perhaps pro-lifers or pro-abortion folks. Um, just share a few stories about some of the work that you have done on the university campus. Sure. So like I said, nobody knew that there was a pro-life voice. So we firstly needed to make ourselves known. So we did multiple outreaches and we got to the point of doing weekly tabling, meaning we would try to have conversations. We would ask the student body, when do you believe human rights begin? Are you okay with abortion all nine months of pregnancy? Um, so that was one way of engaging people and changing people's minds. And one thing that I really liked about doing that every week is that I ended up building relationships with the pro-abortion advocates that they would come back every week wanting to continue conversation. So that was amazing so much so that now like I have their number and we'll text from time to time. And uh, apart from that, we would do uh, an annual baby shower. We titled it baby shower to empower. And we would donate some of the half of the, what we would gain from the baby shower to our school directly. So that way we could say to our fellow peers, we're giving back to the student body to support pregnant and parenting students. And then we would donate the rest to a local pregnancy resource center. And some of the other things we do are participating out on the sidewalk of a local abortion facility to be a pro-life voice and show that the youth does not want abortion. Also going to our state's capital, lobbying, testifying in favor of pro-life bills to create a pro-life Texas. And what's some other things we've done? Those are the main things I can think of off the top of my head of ways how we've advocated to create a pro-life culture on campus and in our community. Awesome. That, that's that's wonderful to hear. Uh, I love the the variation, you know, going to the the clinics, doing the sort of pastoral work, as it, as it were, um, doing sidewalk, uh, just conversations, which is more educational than doing more political work as well. Uh, as you go to your state legislator and try to promote the pro-life bills uh, that are uh, kind of before the house in Texas. Could you share with us? Um, I know you've had good interactions uh, on campus. I know you've had very interesting and unique interactions with pro-abortion clubs on campus. Could you share with us a little bit about some of those experiences? Yes. So at the time, we had a pro-life, a pro-abortion club named uh, Students United for Planned Parenthood, sponsored by Planned Parenthood. And they were not friendly, to say the least. They stole our banners many times, uh, have graffitied our signs, and have just been awful. And one of the peak moments that I'll probably never forget is a huge protest that they did against us. We had about 900 pink crosses in one of the school lawns on campus, a, a space that we reserved. And it was the 900 crosses were meant to represent about the 900 lives lost to abortion by Planned Parenthood in one day in the United States. And the pro-abortion club got word that we were doing that outreach 
and they stood amongst those crosses for over two hours, I believe, just yelling and shouting horrific things like, stop, hey, hey, what's that sound? All the fetuses are in the ground. And even pointing at the crosses and saying, that's mine right there. And looking back now, I believe those are girls who are hurting and in need of healing and have been fed lies about abortion. So that was truly a climactic moment in my college pro-life career. But we, from that, that scene, allowed for that to bring in more people to have more conversations. We were made calm, collected, and chose to make the best out of that by only changing more hearts and minds and being able to reveal more about the corruption of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, that's a that's a tragic story, and it, the the slogans that they were saying sound absolutely awful. But I, I would probably agree with you. I I don't I, I wasn't there. I, I didn't meet those those people. Um, but I could probably agree with you based on my experience in the streets that there was probably some hurt there based on past abortions, um, which is one of those things that highlights the importance of what you guys did, which was staying calm, being reasonable, and, and seeking to have those winsome and effective conversations. Um, but that's that's quite something. That is uh, that is that is quite the story. So thank you so much for sharing. I'd like to to transition just a little bit. You talk about the work that you had done with, uh, not just had done, but are doing with the Students for Life America, and uh, on campuses equipping others to be effective and great leaders on their university campuses, which is your role now. But you also just came back from a trip to Uganda. You were invited to provide training and support for Ugandan pro-lifers. Um, could you share with us a little bit about that trip? What was it that you did? What was it that you, you know, what sort of training um, or sessions did you provide? And, and what are some of the, you know, the positive uh, pro-life experiences that you have from that trip? Yes. So our good friend, John Mark, uh, spearheaded this pro-life mission trip to Uganda through the Africa Life Youth Foundation. And we can kind of think of the Africa Life Youth Foundation as maybe like a parallel of Students for Life because they work with students to empower them. And they're also working directly with moms and providing them resources and services. So in this past December, December 2020, was the first pro-life camp of its kind to first teach the youth pro-life 101. And since then, they started many pro-life groups and saved uh, a confirmed, I believe, 20 babies' lives since December to now. And this May, we brought a group of six people from various backgrounds and, and trainings to come put on another pro-life camp of advanced knowledge to the youth. So my specialty was sexual risk avoidance and fertility awareness. I received my sexual risk avoidance specialty um, certification this past November. So what that is, is um, pro-life sex ed that wants the most amount of success and teaches people here's what's proven to lead you for the most amount of success in life 
And so that's what I've been trained in, and that's what I was able to teach to the youth. And also recently, I've begun learning fertility awareness with tracking my own cycle, and hopefully we'll be getting certified in the near future. So that was another topic that I trained the students with, and I brought something cool called cycle beads, which are these necklaces that girls can use to track where they are in their cycle. And the purpose of what I was teaching was to really emphasize the sanctity of sex, preserving it, promoting it, and with that understanding, they can teach their peers who don't know this information and by means prevent and reduce planned pregnancy, unplanned pregnancies and abortion. So that's what I taught. That's great. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Now, you, you talk about um, from December till May, there were 20 cons, uh, confirmed babies saved. Were you able to see any babies saved while you were there for yes. the I believe it was two weeks? Oh, tell us about it. Yes, so we got to visit with two moms who chose life from the awesome students who learned the pro-life information and told their friends to not have an abortion. So we got to meet two moms who lived in the villages, which are very much so more run-down parts of Uganda. And so these girls were sleeping on, like, mattresses on the floor and so were their babies so we brought a bunch of materials to help with them sustain them and we gave even a financial gift to the moms so it was a very powerful experience especially because of the language barrier so we had our our translator being able to uh, help <laughs> create that moment so it was very beautiful uh, especially to get to hold the babies who would not have been here had the youth not learned about the pro-life message. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm glad I asked that. I have one final thing, Melanie. Being a pro-life activist is difficult. Being on university campuses is challenging. The status quo, as I mentioned, on university campuses is that abortion is kind of just this accepted procedures, this accepted practice, and anyone uh, who opposes it is some sort of alien uh, to the campus and their voice ought not to be heard. And yet you spent time on university campuses, you spent time, as you mentioned, uh, in various parts of the country and in various parts of the world, uh, talking about your pro-life convictions and training people to have more of a pro-life worldview and mindset. But there are many people who look at some of the challenges and it's like too big. There's the pro-abortion clubs, there's the pro-abortion movement, there's millions of dollars going to uh, pro-abortion activists, and it can be difficult. So as we, as we wrap this up, what sort of motivation or encouragement would you give to someone thinking about getting involved in pro-life work, a pro-life ministry of some sort, but just unsure of whether they should give God their yes, as you say, uh, or, or, or dive in? Um, knowing how challenging the, the pro-life work can be at times. Sometimes you just need to rip the Band-Aid off. And God does not call the equipped, but he equips the called. We were not made for comfort. We were made to be uncomfortable, to allow for God to stretch us and use us. And it doesn't always feel good. And abortion doesn't 
feel comfortable. And that's why we need to talk about it. That's why we need to get involved. That's why we need to be a voice for the voiceless. And once you truly learn about the horror of abortion, once you see like victim imagery and you meet a woman who shares her testimony of saying like, if I had only known, I would not have made this decision. How can you look back? Like, how can you say, I can't get involved? Like once you know, there's just, there's just no looking back. So that's my advice is to embrace the controversy and allow for God to grow you, allow for yourself to change and to become a leader. And because if not you, then who? If not now, then when? And we, we are the ones, we are the ones we need to step up. That's, that's what I can say. Yeah, I love that. And that actually brings to mind a quote by uh, another pro-life leader in the United States. He says, there are, f- there are more people working full-time in the pro-life movement to kill people, to kill babies, than there are to save them. And so that's a call for us as Christians, as pro-lifers with conviction uh, on the pro-life issue to see the necessity of standing up, of being a voice um, and defending as much as we can the preborn children. Melanie, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me today on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Yes, thank you for having me. I think I forgot to mention that I'm from the great country of Texas. So please (laughs) include that. That I'm from and very proudly from Texas. (laughs) All right. That is Melanie Salazar from Texas, as uh, (laughs) as she wants each and every one to know. Uh, My name is Peter. I think I forgot to mention that at the beginning. I am the host of the show. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, we have a number of different segments here with the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Humans of the Pro-Life Movement is one of them. We also have The Pulse, uh, which is is a monthly episode where we talk about abortion related news from around the world and we give that we bring that to you from a pro-life perspective and so check out the pro-life guys podcast you can find us on your favorite podcast catchers but just by searching the pro-life guys podcast you can find us on youtube the pro-life guys podcast please don't forget to subscribe if you want to reach out to us for any reason if you uh, have any questions if you want clarification for anything that we've said Uh, or just want to reach out and say hello, you can do that on our website, prolifeguys.com, or on a social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. We're probably on, you know, even some of the most obscure social media platforms. So do reach out to us. We love to hear from you. We thank you so much for tuning in again, and we hope you tune in again next time. God bless you all.